We are sensitized, Father, to your word and to your voice. Thank you, Father, that we have taken this whole service as a service of freedom. We started out with the United States freedom. And now, Lord, we move to our personal freedom. We thank you, Father, that that freedom is much more important than our national freedom. We appreciate your presence. If you would just lift your hands right where you are. If you're in the altar, that's fine. If you're seated, that's fine. If you're standing, that's fine. And just acknowledge the presence of the Lord that has come to free us. I think the songs that were selected were absolutely the word of the Lord. What do you do when you come into the presence of a king? You worship. And then when a king comes, he brings all of what he has to offer. And today he is offering freedom. Some of you need freedom of mind today. Some of you need freedom of debt today. Some of you need freedom in your body. You have things going on. Some of you need freedom from circumstances, from things that are, have bogged you down and gotten you distracted this week. I need you to just concentrate on him right now. Thank you, Father. We bless you, we honor you, we center in on you today. We move all other distractions out of the way. And we say you are king, you are Lord today. You're the one that has the answer in your hand. And we must seek you to go further. We bless you. We honor you today, Lord. Thank you for the price that you paid for our freedom today. Thank you, Lord. Those of you who are in the altar, if you would kindly go back to your seats. But let's not lose this atmosphere. We thank you, Lord. You may be seated, those of you who are here in the building. I wanted to share something powerful that happened to me this week. We were in a rally and it started out as a 4th of July kind of celebration. And we did the same basic things that we did this morning. We pledged allegiance to the flag, and we listened to the Star Spangled Banner, and I was reminded. <laughs> I was reminded of um, when I was a child, how many of you in your school, you did the Pledge of Allegiance? <laughs> How 
How many of you um, in large rallies, you heard the Star Spangled Banner or someone sang it? I remember actually um, singing it a few times. Our son Matthew was asked to sing it at the beginning of the Olympics for the Paralympics one year. It was an honor to be able to sing our national anthem. But in this rally, it progressed and they began to bring up people to begin to testify. That's what I call it. They were telling their story. And there was one young lady that was asked to come and they wanted to interview her. And um, how many of you were watching online when they interviewed the young lady who had worked for Planned Parenthood for nine years? How many of you were online when you heard it? Okay, a few of you caught it. Uh, maybe you can bring up the lady's name so those of you who uh, did not see it, you can go back and you can see her testimony because it was powerful. But I want to just share a bit of what she said and um, follow the Spirit of God to where he's going this morning. The young lady said that she had worked for Planned Parenthood um, for nine years and she said during those nine years they that particular branch where she worked were responsible for 22,000 abortions and she added including two of her own and the crowd was stunned that she would be that transparent. That was the beginning of a little shock to me because I thought, oh my God. But all of this came up in our nation because of the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And everyone has been talking about it. How many has been talking about it on your jobs? And people have different op opinions of, of what has happened and why and uh, where you stand and all of this. And we, the church, we have a stand as well. And this young lady and her boldness to share again that her uh, place of work was responsible for 22,000 abortions and she said again two of them were her own and I began to think wow she probably is under a lot of guilt <laughs> if you think about 22,000 lives that you had a, a, a part in in taking and she went on to say that um, she was a Christian and I thought wow <laughs> um, to me that was an oxymoron because um, how could you name the name of Christ but yet 
work in a company and be a part of abortion yourself. And she began to share that she grew up in a very uh, conservative Baptist church, and she said all her life she had heard that adultery was a sin. And it was preached to her that homosexuality was a sin. She talked about addictions and other things that were sins, but she said never in her history of church had anyone ever said that abortion was a sin. And so she said the day before she went for her abortion, she went to church. And after she had her abortion, she went to church again because she had been taught to go to church. And she had not been taught that abortion was a sin. And she went on to further explain that the reason for planned parenthood initially was to, uh, what's, how do you, ex, how do you, I, I want to say it uh, like she said it. Uh, it was to control the birth rate of minorities. Let me say that again. The original intent of Planned Parenthood was con to control the births of minorities. That was where it came from. And then my daughter came to me earlier that week because we've been talking about these issues. And she said, Mom, I looked up online and I found out that in the state of Georgia alone, 60% of the abortions that had been uh, committed in the state of Georgia were from black women. So this issue that was once way out there, far, far away, just till you hear it on television, all of a sudden now has come home. It has come not near us, but in us. It is affecting us directly because uh, some of you know already because you have already been to a detox and you have been to what we formerly called uh, encounters that we have dealt with this. But it's been a long time since we brought this issue to the forefront. But today, turn to your neighbor and say, but today. You are in a church that's not ashamed to deal with the issues that are at hand. And you are in a church that you have a man 
who has decided that he's going to preach the truth from the word of God. And the word of God does definitely have something to say about the current issues. These are not new issues. These are age-old issues. They have just come to the forefront because of this litigation and this court decision here in the United States. But it didn't begin here. Uh, we were in a prophetic meeting, and I've been reading the Gospels, and I hope that you have too. And you will find out that there is a spirit that was still alive, and it is called the spirit of Molech. And that spirit decided long time ago that it was going to kill children. And that spirit is still alive today. And these people who have been operating and pushing abortion have not been, um, it's not just been of their own will, but it, they've been pushed into this kind of thinking and these kinds of action. But today, the Lord is bringing to our attention this issue of abortion because let me just say it outright. Abortion is murder. Let me repeat it for those of you who thought I might have missed said it. Abortion is murder. Now I know that Pastor Tiffany talked about the difference between condemnation and conviction this morning. I don't want you to go into condemnation immediately and say, oh God, they're talking about me and, and go to embarrassment and shame and all of those places. But I do want you, if you have had an abortion or if you have been um, paid for one or if you have been the one that counseled someone or in any way involved in any kind of abortion, I do want you to receive from the Lord a spirit of conviction because that spirit is what will lead you to freedom, which is what we have decided that this whole service is about this morning. And the people of God said amen. Some may not realize it, but, but 50 years from now, um, the nation will look back at what happened this past week as one of the major turnarounds of our nation and even in the world. I'm going to read for you something that you may not know. You may have never read this. Some of you who had teachers in growing up, did any of you here have a course in American history? May I see your hands? if you had a course in American history, okay? Uh, I'm gonna read something for you and I'd like you to respond in a moment to see if you ever read this. In 1607, Robert Hunt penned a prayer of covenant for the nation. 
Robert Hunt was among the first who were sent here to this land. He was in the company of believers. They landed on the eastern northern shore of America. When he landed, he took the ship that brought them there and broke the ship up and, cre and created a cross and pounded that cross in the land as if to stake it as a claim. And this is what he wrote. And those of you who are truly history buffs can find this in the annals of history. Here's what he said. Here's what he wrote in this covenant. We do hereby dedicate this land and ourselves to reach the people within these shores with the gospel of Jesus Christ and to raise up godly generations after us. And with these generations, take the kingdom of God to all the earth. May this covenant of dedication remain to all generations as long as this earth remains. And may this land, along with England, be evangelist to the world. May all who see this cross remember what we have done here. And may those who come here to inhabit join us in this covenant and in this most noble work that the Holy Scriptures may be fulfilled. Beloved, I read that I said, what? I am, so far, 74 years old. It means it was back in the 50s when I was in elementary school, when they taught us American history. And in junior high, in high school, there used to be a civics class. Excuse me, did anybody ever have civics here? I'm, I'm asking you online. Put it in the chat box. Did you ever have civics? I never read this. Tim LaCroix, scholar, I, my eyes had never seen this before a year ago. It was a year ago in my searching and listening that I discovered this document is true and recorded. Let me help explain this. Hopefully the Lord will help you make the connection. These people did, were not chased here. They weren't running here from something else. God sent them to this land. And when they came to this land, by the grace of God, they'd made that journey. And when they finally got on shore and got settled, they took the ship, dismantled it, which said, we're not going back. This, we have been sent here to this land. Pounded that cross on the ground and said, this land is for the propagation of the gospel 
throughout the world. What? I'd like to say to you, beloved, in spite of what you have said or heard, whether you like it or not, this nation was given to God. Okay, just to help you, look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, say, this land belongs to God. Put it this way, put it this way, this nation belongs to the Lord. Oh my God. I pledge allegiance to the flag of these United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with and, and the reason why it hurts when you say justice for all is because we have been programmed to say that not everybody has justice. Everybody in Israel, everybody in the land of Israel was under Roman rule and they still, they still repeated what God told Abraham about their land. Without, without, without going there, because that would take too much time. Why, why is that important? Because we have now been inundated with a message for more than 50 or 60 years that this is not a Christian nation, this is not a godly nation, this is not a nation that is um, uh, given to the Lord. Because of the sins of this nation, even though it's not spoken of that way. Because of the injustices of this nation, which are not spoken of, which are, which are, which are elevated above anything that God has said. Some of you sitting here today have been, uh, you have been a product, product of injustice. Some of you are ashamed to be called an American. And because of the same negative voices, you're ashamed to be called a Christian. So I'm gonna start today, I'm gonna break something open today in, the, in the, just a few moments to change that. I want us to repent from that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you are the first Christian in your family, you have the right to proclaim before the heavens that my whole household shall serve the Lord. If you are the first one to receive Jesus in your family, you have the authority and you have the right to proclaim before heaven that every person born in your household will know the Lord. Every person born of your lineage will know God. You have the right to do that. In the same way that those handful of believers who came to this country and declared this land to be of the Lord's. I could give you a hundred a hundred illustrations of what I'm talking about that happened long after they made this proclamation that has been written down in our, in our capital, stored in our capital in Washington that, that, that declare who we are. When you have a child that acts a monkey, it doesn't mean your whole family's a monkey. 
That's what God I'm talking about, baby. Yes, amen. Stay with me. We haven't left the subject matter yet. I'll show you this in just a moment. In Exodus chapter 1, verse 15, 115, it says, Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shifra, and the other was named Puah. And he said, When you are helping the Hebrew women to give birth and see them upon the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall, mm, you shall put him to death. But if it's a daughter, then you shall live. You sh she shall live. If it's a son, put him to death. But if it's a daughter, let her live. Are you there? Has anybody ever heard this spirit in our nation speaking? Keep with me, please. But the midwives, they feared God. And they did not do as the king of Egypt had commanded them, but let the boys live. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. I want us to shout out into the heavens right now. Let the men live. Come on. Let the men live. Bring your music back and make the earth easier. Exodus 1, 22. He, between, between 17 and 22, Pharaoh questioned the men. What, what, didn't I tell you to kill the men? That they said, uh, 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 you know, the, uh, the, 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 the Jews, they, they, those women, they're not like the Egyptian women, when, they, when them Jews give birth, man, they so vigorous, bam, that baby comes out before we could ever get to them. And the Lord, the Bible says the Lord, you'll read it there, the Lord actually protected the midwives. Otherwise, they'd have been killed for disobeying Pharaoh. But because they obeyed God, God kept them alive. Are you there, saints? And then check this out. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people saying, every son who is born, every son who is born, you are to cast into the Nile and every daughter you shall keep alive. Pharaoh said, I don't, I, even if they are born, even if they have come to full term, even if they do come forth from the room, you take them babies and you put them under the water and you drown them. Look at your neighbor and say, what was Pharaoh after? What was he afraid of? I'd like to suggest to you, if you read the scripture without giving a long treatise about that, that Pharaoh had a sense that this people, in fact, earlier in Exodus, he says, they are multiplying. The more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And, and they said, look, look, they'll rise up against us. There'll be more than we, they'll beat us and they'll leave and all of our free labor will walk out the door. Ain't nobody listening to me today. And Pharaoh 
was after, he was after. Why the males? I, I'm convinced that Pharaoh sensed something or someone is coming. Else he wouldn't have gone after the males. I won't write it down if you want, you're taking notes. I believe that spirit in Pharaoh was after Moses. The very one that he was after grew up, ended up growing up in his own household. <laughs> the very one he was trying to keep from coming forth, he ended up giving him the best training, the best education, the best defense, the best military strategy, grew up right in his own house. The good James said, don't mess with God, he'll get you. Don't mess with God. Are you still there? This is the first time in the scripture that we see abortion being practiced by the law of the land. When abortion is rampant, know that the enemy is after something. Look at me. Listen. Matthew 2, verse 2. The Magi, they're not even Jews. <laughs> they're Middle East, but they're not Jews. But they had got a hold of the Old Testament and they believed the prophets. They said, we, the prophets prophesied, his stars in the sky. Where is the one born of the Jews? Where is he? We, we've traveled afar. Remember these three kings? Remember that? Mm -hmm. These three kings of Orient all. Remember that? We travel afar, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us through. Remember that, y'all? Check it out. These three kings, he says, where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east. We've come to worship him. And when Herod, the king, heard this, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem was troubled with him. Matthew chapter 2 verse 13 says now when they had gone behold the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said get up Joseph take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you for Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him and then verse 16 says by the way the Magi, he told, he told the Magi, hey, when y'all find him, come back and tell me where he is so I can worship him. Lying, lying out your teeth. Sound like CB, like CNN. I'm sorry. Okay. Sound like NBC. Sound like Fox to me. You come back and tell me where he is and we'll, we'll, we'll then I, I want to worship him also. And the, the Magi found him. You know how the story goes, right? They found him. Star started, stayed, stopped over where they were. They came, they took their gold, their frankincense, their myrrh, their treasure, and laid it at his, bowed and laid it at the king of kings' feet. And when they went through, the, the, the Lord warned them, don't Go do what he asks you to do. And look at me, please. Sometimes those in authority, when they when those in authority give you an edict or a law that is against the law of God or against the word of God, you have an obligation not to do it. 
You're looking at me like you ate something bad. When you know the law is unrighteous, you had better not obey it. Even though it may cost you. I want you to bow down and I want you to worship at this time of day. Three B3 Ubers, we ain't gonna bow down. We serve you in the cabinet, but you're not our God. Are you breathing? So they ain't bowing down, huh? Okay, throw them in the oven. Talk to your neighbor. Said if you if you if you disobey, if you disobey the law of the land, but you obey God, God will take care of you. Tell them what I said. Tell them what I said. Tell them. If you disobey the law of the land, but you obey God, he will protect you. Man, the church got to learn this one right here. Because one of our problems is, Pastor Tiff, they don't, we don't sometimes know the difference between the law of the land and the law of the scripture. We, we don't even understand what legislation is not of God. There's one reason why some things we say, no. I don't want your affirmative action, which keeps us in poverty and gives us what we're not even ready to receive. What are you saying, Bishop? I'm telling you, Oh, man, I want to tell you that so bad, but I ain't got that much time. Do you understand if they lower the test, if they, if they give you more points on the test when you take the test because you have a darker skin and they want to get more blacks in the university, so they give you more points and you get in the university and you are not prepared to handle what's going to come your way, guess what? They don't care how many flunk out. They just want to know how many got enrolled so they can keep getting paid and keep getting elected. I didn't want to go this way this day, but it's just on me. When are we going to wake up? We need discernment to know what things are of God and what things are not. And just because somebody says it's okay, it's your body, and you can do what you want with it, See, one reason why Roe versus Wade was so important to be overturned because the law of the land, God would look at that as the land saying it's okay. So all the curses. We've been suffering the curses of taking the, the life of and spilling innocent blood. We have been suffering. We have been suffering because of it. Our families don't hardly know what family is anymore. Can I say more, more specifically, more raw? We screw whoever we want to screw, knowing there are no repercussions. Because if she gets pregnant, she can always get an abortion. not fighting to protect your right to do what you want with your body oh really then really then use that right to obey God I really would get ugly and say and close your legs but parents have got to have the, 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 the gumption enough to teach their children to teach their sons. You don't have a right to enter into that woman if you don't give your life to that woman. You don't have a right to do it. 
Well, they gave me condoms. Condoms is the law of the land. It's not the law of God. So God looking at this nation, how many thousands and, listen, a whole generation has been aborted. And their blood is still crying out from the ground. You don't believe it, look in Genesis and read about Abel, whose blood was crying out to the heavens for justice. And then you're going to play stupid and act like life don't start until, are you, have you lost your mind? But I have a right. Really? Okay, to, for you to believe that you have that right means you also believe that you don't belong to God. For you to believe that you have that right is also an inference that you were not created by a creator to whom you have to, uh, you have to answer for everything you have done. The very grace of God that has come to you to purify and cleanse you and wipe that curse off of your life. You don't get to have that because you have, you have a right to do what you want. And for, the, and for the men and the brothers that didn't want to receive the responsibility of their own, of their own folly. They didn't want to receive the responsibility of their own folly who, who, who pushed them on and said, come on, come on girl, you know, I pay for it. One reason why this is such an ugly thing, the black community has essentially not talked about it and ignored it. All along, all along, we shorten our skirts, we take off our underwear, we show our tops, we show the imprints of our, of our sexual genitals, we advertise that you're not even beautiful unless you're showing that. We walk out the door with our, our bed clothes on. When we, we walk down the street, we say, here I am, take me like I am. And we sire a generation that nobody cares about. And then as a nation, we sanction it. Margaret Singer, do the, do the math, do the research on Margaret Singer and see what kind of a racist she is. Singer, spell it. S-A-N-G-E-R. Look it up, Margaret Singer. Find out where she was about. What was she really about? She hated blacks. She thought this nation was being destroyed. She was, she was the originator, the creator of Planned Parenthood. She thought this nation was worse because of black folks. She put the first, first clinics in and predominantly in the African-American community. That's where she set them up. What she didn't realize is that that same sin would bleed over to everybody else's community. And now Anglos everywhere and across the nation, people think it's okay. Hey, we cool now. We cool now. I'm sorry, are you pregnant? Oh, God. Well, just take a pill. I was talking about this yesterday in, a, in, a, in, a, in an informal meeting, and the woman was just, oh.
if you cling to what you say are your own rights, you relinquish your true rights in God. If you cling to what you call my right to do with what I want, whether you're male or female, if you cling to the right to do whatever you want or to be whatever sex you proclaim you're to be or to be what, what, whatever gender you claim yourself to, if you claim to do that, then you give up the rights that God Almighty has issued for your health, for your wealth, for your, for your growth, and for your eternal life. All based on how you feel. God help us today. Why do you say these things? Well, I'm going to ask you another question. When Jesus came on the scene, uh, uh, and Pharaoh said, no, we go, no. King? King of the Jews? Oh, no, ain't going to be another king. Ain't no king here but me. That's what Pharaoh said. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'm going to make sure ain't nobody, no other king here but me. Where he born? Well, when they said, we're not going back to tell where, what, we're not going back to tell him about Jesus, we're going to go home. The Magi, they, they split and went back home. And when Pharaoh figured it out, probably months later, he said, man, I've been duped. They're they gone. He says, I know what to do. And he sent out the edict. If they're under two years old, that's why I said, put about a year or two, figured out they ain't coming back. He said, everybody under two, they dead. I want my army to go out and find, go break into homes. I want you to break past people's personal rights. I want you to, I want you to slam doors down. I want you to walk in and I want you to snatch them out the bed and I want you to split them open right there. This has almost happened to us by the way that our media has pushed the issue of your personal rights to sin against Almighty God. So the Holy Spirit said, uh, he's going to come after the child. I want Joseph, take, take Jesus, and take Mary, and go to Egypt. I can't preach the message about going to Egypt because Lord have mercy, oh my God. So they go to Egypt. What was Pharaoh after? What, excuse me, what was Herod? What was he after? The deliverer? What was Pharaoh after? I'm talking to you. The deliverer? three generations of abortion what is the enemy after and why are there more abortions in the african-american community than any other community in america what is the enemy after I started talking to this way with a group, a group of leaders and they looked at me like I'd lost my mind. They said, oh my God. Is it possible that what God wants to raise up as a generation 
as a righteous generation to turn everything around? Is it possible that the deliverance of this nation, is it possible that salvation of this nation, is it possible that the glory of God showing up in these lands, what if it's in the generation that the devil has been after for the last two generations? Coming right out of the people group that it was pointed for, the, the sites were, were pointed for in the first place. God help us. God help us. So I want to tell you what the Lord spoke to me when he called me to ministry. You know what he said? He said, I've called you to raise up a righteous generation. You cannot, you cannot deny God calls you calls you into the kingdom, saves your life. Some of you, you would have been products of, of abortion, but it didn't work. Some of you, Satan was after you the moment you were conceived. Because he knew what kind of assignment was on your life. And what God Almighty would be able to do through your obedience. I read you this uh, 1604, I read you that proclamation because God decided that you would be born or he would plant you in a land with, from which his glory would come forth and shine throughout the nations. You live in America for a reason. Your skin is the color it is for a reason. That's why it didn't work. Not for you. But what about us who engaged in that? How about the men who propagated, who pushed it on? Because they didn't want to be responsible. But what you going to do? And when she finally said, I'm pregnant. And so you're going, what? No. Instead of you going, oh my God. We're going to have a baby. 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 I mean, instead of you, instead of you going off, you're like, uh, what y'all, what you going to do? You going to have it? Some of you ladies who your heart sank, bam. You mean you're not going to take responsibility? For all the men who said, it probably ain't mine. You've been with so many. How you know it's mine? Excuse me. Am I talking to the right people this morning? But I, I'll, help, I'll help you, you know. And I'm, I'm sorry that you don't know this, but, you know, what you're, what you, what you're carrying in your pregnancy for, for, for the industry out there is basically I want the heart, the lungs, I want the stem cells. Um, I, I, I want, it's a product.
bro, you talking about, yeah, I don't know her man, you know. You sure his man? How, uh, you, you, when you think about every woman whose heart just broke when he said, you, you think it's man? Because he implied you were with several others. And your heart was given to him. You confused love and lust. You opened your heart to, to lust. You didn't open your heart to love. Because if it was a agape love, he never would have violated you. Why is it a violation? Because you don't belong to him. You can't sleep with if you ain't belong. If she belongs to you, that's something else. But if she don't belong, how does she belong to you? You get married. You go. To, you you know. You go. You go to Sealy. I's married now. Okay, I got to quit this because we. I want the Holy Spirit, in the in the name of Jesus, to do what I, I, I saw him do. And that is to bring some healing and resolve to this. I want to tell you that there are men here today who need forgiveness and blood because of their participation. There are women here today who need healing and wholeness because of theirs. This is not for condemnation. And I'm not calling you out, so relax. But I do want you to receive relief. I do want you to be elevated and, and freed. So it's so simple, but it's profound. So for all the blood crying out from the earth for vengeance and for, not, not vengeance, that's not, right, that's not the right word, for, for justice. For all the blood crying out for justice, Jesus' blood gives an answer. His blood answers all the blood, all the unrighteous blood shed. His, he has an answer for it. So all those who participate, you can be the problem or you can be in the answer. There is no neutrality. And our nation is waiting for the sons of God to rise, to take their place. And the sons of God that I'm speaking of are those that come out of our community, that rise up and show forth the glory of God. Rise up in every area of this nation. Rise up in every part of this culture who rise up with the glory of God, the word of the Lord, the integrity of God, living right there in the midst of all that is happening, proclaiming who he is and what he's done and demonstrating his power and authority. That's what we were singing about. You can't do it if you're guilty. You can't do it if you're under condemnation. You can't do it if you're siding with the siding with the with with the with the side that says it's my right. Really? Oh, I, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. You have a right to let someone go inside your body and and scramble the brains of an unborn baby and pull it out part by part. I get it. Oh, but that's when it's a baby. Oh, oh, I, I'm sorry. When conception comes and not a baby? Oh, really? You remember the scripture that says, I knew you 
before your unformed parts. I knew you. What? So you have to accept that the Bible is a lie, that God's a lie. The Bible says, let every man, let God be true and every man a liar. Some of you need to give up, you need to repent for talking about, I can do what I want with my body. Oh, really? So this is my body, right? Is this, is this my body? And then nobody else says, I ain't possessed, praise the Lord. This is my body, right? So this is my body. And man, I wish I had it. I didn't think about bringing it. My peace, you know, my peace. You know, so it's my body, right? It's my body, right? This is my body. I can take my body. I can do this. My body and I do what I want. Uh, not the right words, but the, but the right idea. I, I got my peace on my hip. Some y'all got pieces on your hip. Amen. I got a piece on my hip. It's my body. I do whatever I want. I don't like you. I don't like the way you look. You make me sick in my presence. Something come over me when I see you. Boom! I do what I want to do. Okay, you don't like the illustration? Good. It's my body. It's my body. God gave me whatever I have. Amen. I don't, I don't have things that ladies have, but you know, they're much less. Even though the older you get, they get pronounced. God's got to do something about that. But Don't laugh, Corey. All right, so, 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 so it's my body, right? I have, thing, I have things that men have. Hallelujah. I'm not showing you. Ask my wife. Amen. So and I have to do that because some people get so, you know. Hey, so I tell you, son, I tell you, son, you see me, I am? I said, well, I'm really. I can't even say it, bro. I can't even. <laughs> I can't do it, bro. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's my body. I do what I want. Okay, so if you want, if you believe that's true, if you really believe that's true, and you have your own rights to do what you want with your body, then you, what you have done is you've just, uh, you've just released chaos into the land. Freedom is not absolute. Liberty and freedom, you should look it up. Liberty and freedom are in the confines of the law of God. You are free to do what is right. The, the constitution of this land says you're free to do all that you like as long as it doesn't transgress the constitution of these United States. So if I feel like I want to murder somebody today because I'm free, you can, but you're going to pay the price. Am I talking to the right people? Talking about, there's a song we want to learn. We want to get the song. We want to apply the song. It's John Baptiste. When I feel like this, I feel like freedom. When I move, when I you know, yeah, we're we, 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 we going to get the song. But you need to understand what freedom is. 
You need to understand what liberty is. Look it up, you'll be shocked. You can't define it outside of some, you can't define it outside of some standard. I, I love my wife and, and, and we can do anything we want together, but when, if I feel like I want to beat her and I beat her, the law's gonna say, well, you have the freedom to do it, but you ain't gonna have the liberty. We're gonna lock you up. Are you with me? So we need to be careful what we're talking about here. We are free to obey him. It's the greatest liberty, to obey him. That's why you have locks on your flesh. Because if you did everything you felt like, you'd be a fool. And what dictates that? The word of the Lord. The law of righteousness. Those of you who have broken that law, Lord Jesus, we thought, we, we thought in this nation, we thought we could do that and still be okay. We've now discovered we can't be okay. We can't be okay. Those of you who have said, well, I, am, I have participated, pushed, encouraged, or participated in the taking of innocent blood. We're going to pray in a moment, and I want you to pray. In this prayer, I want you to repent. I want you, I don't, don't, don't be insolent. Don't rail against God. And by the way, if you're going to be mad with anybody, don't be mad with God. That's anger misplaced. There is one who hates you with cruel hatred. He's the one that moves you to do any and everything you want, even at your own destruction. I can smoke any D time I want to smoke. And the law of the land is now making it legal. When I feel bad, get a smoke. When I feel sad, have a smoke. When I feel lost, have a smoke. No matter what the cost, have a smoke. After all, it's from the earth. <laughs> I still got the joint in my finger. It's from the earth. Lord have mercy, Jesus. Paul said, whatever you, he said, whatever you don't lose your, don't use your freedom as a cloak of maliciousness. I'm free. I can do all things, but I will not let anything put me in bondage. So if you participated in it, if you encouraged it, If you paid for it, I want us all to stand together so nobody be nobody looks suspicious. I don't want anybody to feel because I, I really I'm, I'm I'm really not. This is really not about your condemnation. This is about your freedom and your liberty. This is about your your openness to obey the Lord and experience. 
experience the most incredible, the true definition of freedom is when you submit to God. Paul said, I'm free from sin, but I'm bound to the Lord. Your bondage to God is liberty and freedom in this world. This is what it means to be saved. I not do what I want, I do what I ought because I do what he wants. Change your life. For as long as you live on the earth, you are, you are a captive inside of this body. And this body of flesh will call for what it wants, when it wants it, and how it wants it. And then Jesus comes to give you his spirit so that you can overcome the flesh. Give you power and victory over every sinful thing that displeases God and destroys you. That's what we're celebrating today. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Just like, you know, uh, just like, you know, folks, folks who only have sex outside of marriage have never really experienced what it is to have sex the way God wants you to have sex. I'm messing with them right now, bro. No, 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 no. You didn't get it. See, when you're having sex outside of marriage, you know, you're just doing everything up, upside down. It, you know, oh, you know. You can have it on your collard greens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are y'all, you know, you think, you really think you're free. Tell me when you're finished, how do you feel? My wife said, sweaty. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Little stank, you know. <laughs> are you all breathing? But I tell you, when you are married and you are committed for life, spirit, soul, body, and blood, committed to that one person, whoa, you have no idea. That was funny. <laughs> lift your hands in the air. And, and, and as you lift your hands to the heaven and to acknowledge God, you have been brought with a price. He purchased your body with his blood. You are not your own. He claims ownership over your life. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. It's not the same kind of freedom they talk about today. Free to obey God. That's why people go to church, you know, that's why they're in trouble now. They're going to church, they're saying the right words, but they're living like hell when they go home. And that's why they're not happy. That's why they ain't got no joy. That's why they ain't got no joy, Carol. Because, you know, they, 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 they perpetrating like this. But they, the minute they leave out, you blanket and blank, God damn, and my mother fussed at me. You know, they be saying stuff like that. You understand what I'm saying? They be saying crazy stuff like that. 
It's on the tape. Get the tape. Get the tape. It's on there. They did have the hands up, but you waited so long they got tired that they put them down. On this day that we celebrate our deliverance and our liberty from a spirit across the land sanctioned by our highest court of the land we celebrate our personal freedom that comes from obeying Jesus Christ we are no longer slaves to our flesh be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We are not enslaved to the flesh, but to the flesh, but we are free to obey him. And by the way, when you're free to obey him, fear goes out the window, goes out your life. You no longer fear that you're going to miss something good. You no longer fear that you're not going to have the highest standard of living. You, you no longer fear that you're not going to be able to meet your, reach your dreams. You no longer fear uh, uh, she's going to walk out on me. You no longer fear that you're going to die of some hideous, torturous disease. You no longer fear that you're going to be outcast, left alone. Nobody knows me. Nobody cares about me. You're not going to be broke. You're not going to be disgusted. And you're not going to be busted. You get free to obey and believe God. And when you do that, God fulfills every one of his promises in your life. And he himself said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. This is what true salvation. No. You've been saved to obey God. Look at you and say, you've been saved to obey God and love it in the meantime for his commandments they're not grievous his commandments don't put us in some negative prison well I don't want to be no Christian cause you know you know I, I won't be free to do what I want well, you know you in, you in jail right now cause you're doing what you want and you won't die before time if you keep doing what you want Everybody who's railing about their freedom to do all the stuff they want to do, when they lay on their beds at night, I promise you they have another conversation. I want you to step into the glorious liberty of the kingdom of God. I want you to step into the place that God has already prepared for you before you came on the scene. I want you to live out, I want you to live out His His prescribed plan before the foundation of the world I want you to walk in that walk in the works that he's already prepared for you to do and decide okay Lord what you lead me you guide me I want to go back to I can't call his name but he didn't sing much he whistled his song Okay, one, last time, raise your hands before the Lord. Because we're going to take communion over this. We're going to take blood over this. Because I want, the Bible says, before you eat this meal and drink this cup, he said, I want you to, I want you to consider, wait on each other. 
because some people have this meal and they go early because you know you're living a lie and I want you to live a lie if you participated in it if you had one first I want to say over you for every woman who hears the crying in the midnight hour of babies because of the one she aborted in the name of Jesus at your repentance they cease for every woman fibroids have begun to grow in your womb to keep you from having another child because, as a curse because of the ones you aborted in the name of Jesus be dissolved and be removed in Jesus name at the confession and at the repentance every man who's been afraid of marriage and walked all your life afraid of marriage and afraid you're going to die alone you're afraid to be married and you're afraid you're going to die alone because of your participation in the name of Jesus may comfort and strength come over you in the name of Christ May confidence of the Holy Spirit rest on you in Jesus' name. Knowing that you are well able at the Father's providence to provide for a wife and to be faithful. Lord have mercy. So, okay, let's repeat it. Father God, repeat after me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I ask you, forgive me for breaking your law now talk to God how you broke that law however you want to right now just for a moment whatever it was I encouraged I didn't stop it I could have I had one I denied it I didn't want the responsibility I was having too much fun. I didn't want to be locked up under the law of responsibility because of my act, the freedom of my actions. Father, in Jesus' name, I repent. I turn. I turn to your face, the creator of life. I turn to you, Father. Thank you for cleansing me with your blood. Thank you for dying for me for all of my sins, even this one. Thank you for removing it from me as far as the east is from the west. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for cleansing my body. Thank you for cleansing my womb. Thank you for cleansing my eggs. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, repeat it. Thank you, Father, for cleansing me within with the power of your blood. I declare today that your blood washes every sin, every stain in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a praise. That was a great Father's prayer.